Hello, and welcome to the Analysis Mason podcast. Today's episode features an informative and interesting conversation between Principal Analyst Anil Rao of Analysis Mason and Rahul Atri, Managing Director of Rakuten Mobile Singapore. This episode is a far-reaching discussion of how Rakuten is writing the automation rulebook for 5G. It starts with an explanation from Anil on how the telecoms industry should think about the challenges and opportunities of automation. Anil and Rahul then go on to discuss the VRAN automation use cases and the current state of automation at Rakuten, along with the successes and lessons learned. They go into detail on the Rakuten communications platform, collaborating with vendor partners and riding the open source wave. Anil and Rahul also discuss open RAN, machine learning, artificial intelligence, and give use case examples. The discussion ends by looking forward and further into 2021 and gives key recommendations to communication service providers and vendor partners. We hope that you find the podcast informative, and if you are looking for more content on this subject, visit the Analysis Mason website. Hi, I am Anil Rao, Principal Analyst and Lead for Automation Research at uh, Analysis Mason. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting to Rahul Atri. Now, Rahul is the Managing Director at uh, Rocketon Mobile Singapore and Head of Product and Engineering for the Rocketon Communications Platform, or popularly known as RCP. Rahul, it's a great pleasure to have you participate in this um, impromptu discussion. Thanks for making the time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me here. Pleasure is all mine. Brilliant. So obviously we're going to talk about automation um, and, and try to tease out some of the details of, uh, of the what and the how of, uh, of automation at, uh, at Rakuten. Um, we will invariably explore the, 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 the whole um, RCP platform in a little bit more depth as well. Um, but before we get into that bit, uh, Rahul, um, I'd like to do some uh, level setting on automation, if that's all right with you. Yeah, sure. Okay. <clears throat> so um, I take a view that um, that automation must be seen as this um, highly pervasive, all-encompassing thing um, that has the potential to impact pretty much um, every business and technology function within an operator, right? And and the associated business and operational KPIs. Um, but a mistake is often made where the boundaries of automation is restricted to a sort of a cost or a TCO discussion, right? So applying automation to reduce OPEX, um, improving CAPEX efficiency, which are all fantastic topics and, and automation absolutely uh, enables uh, operators to achieve all of those benefits, right? But I think it's only part of a, a small part of a story, right? The automation, I believe, is needs to be multifaceted in its application. So if I sort of frame it uh, in sort of three broad areas, I'm sure there are more, but you know, I'm sort of simplifying it here. Um, firstly, and most importantly, I believe it is about the need to enable business and service agility, right? Or, or the time to market 
um, for, for, for new services or, or um, um, enabling everything around how can you quickly react to things, right? So it's about how quickly can you roll out your new sites or upgrade your existing sites to 5G? How quickly can you launch new services? How can you rapidly provision new services? And um, you know, provide a one-click experience to customers, and so on and so forth. And and, and also, how can you prevent service issues um, as well, right? So, and, and if you do have a service issue, how can you quickly restore it? And and many many more such agility-related themes. Secondly, um, I'd like to also frame it frame automation as as this you know hygiene factor in the five G era, right? So automation is needed to manage the complexity of the cloud native infrastructure, as well as the lifecycle management of the, of the digital services. So, so the assertion is that you just don't, can't do it in any other way. Um, automation, cloud, and digital services go hand in hand, right? And thirdly, I just want to also frame automation in the context of um, delivering superior customer experiences. Um, which is so closely tied to to the performance of pretty much every layer of the backend um, systems, right? So be it the the cloud infrastructure, the network applications, um, operations and service performance, and, and, and everything pretty much in in the backend, right? So a fully automated backend, um, I believe, is absolutely essential to deliver um, superior experiences. Um, so it's not just about having state of the art you know, digital front ends and apps um, and so on, which, which are of course critical as well, but, but the fully automated backend is absolutely critical. So in summary, um, you can't really aspire to be a digital telco um, without applying automation to every aspect of your business. So if you're not automation native, you can't be, um, become a digital telco. So um, with that, um, you know, sort of <laughs> a level setting introduction on, on what I think about automation, uh, Rahul, um, do you want to touch on what you think, your views on, on automation and, and maybe highlight very briefly on how you're sort of applying automation within, within Rakuten? Yeah, Neil, sure. Uh, before I start, I just want to mention that uh, there are three loosely uh, loose terms which we use in the industry and everyone has their own meaning. Uh, automation, transformation, and orchestration. And I think automation is the one which is being used uh, most loosely. And I completely agree with you that it has two sides of the coin, but it depends on what is the driving force an operator have or, or the enterprise have. For Rakuten, it was uh, more about the efficiency it brings in terms of network deployment and network lifecycle. And for others, it may be efficiency in terms of the cost reduction or OPEX it, it, it brings on. But I, I'm, I'm very sure, and as you mentioned, it has both the ways. Uh, for us, uh, automation was really uh, very special in terms of uh, network deployment planning. And then what we do right now in our network is figure out what are the components which are not automated, and we try to uh, go into details and figure out the efficiencies we can bring on. For us, we, we focused primarily on building the frameworks and platforms and bringing all the teams onto one platform and framework because once your teams are using the same platform, they are never in silos and they are they become your product managers for the for the platform. 
for us uh, the planning uh, deployment building security monitoring uh, life cycle management happens on the same platform and then we can term it as automation platform we can term it as a common platform which binds the team together uh, it, it not only brings the efficiencies in terms of uh, capex and opex but it brings a lot of a, a lot of other efficiencies because if you see uh, in a in a typical uh, service provider or in, in an enterprise as well the information exchange the mm-hmm. very basic part of the information exchange happens over word documents excel files mm-hmm. or even even the planning documents are exchanged right mm-hmm. so if if that happens over a platform for example a simple workflow engine which can be a base for work order management i want to deploy a router at the simplest part of the network and i need ip addresses for that where is the master ip inventory mm-hmm. uh, do you have an ipm system do you actually go and just pull out the ip addresses or you request that i need four ip addresses for a router management traffic signaling and redundancy interface and allocate me four addresses and the system allocates or a human is allocating that to mm. you and mm. what happens when there are thousands of routers of such mm. uh, in your network what happens when there are multi-cloud uh, data centers mm. on on that even the virtual machines on that with virtual interfaces so these kind of problems and challenges we were we were actually facing when we when we started our network deployment and we took a conscious call that we want to go with a, a simple concept that we're going to own our own destiny and we're right. going to have automation into our dna and mm. when we see today all these things uh, if, if you take, see a typical ipam or uh, um, inventory management systems they're typically bound to two things uh, you you can actually invoice your software or you can invoice your hardware but for us it was very special because we had multiple layers of it and this mm. this comes back to your uh, mm. second question that mm. there was no other way for us i mean mm. we we had hardware we had mm. uh, hypervisors or or we have the os we mm. we have the cloud we have virtual machines running on the top the combination of virtual machines becomes a virtual network function and then that becomes the application or services so if you have to manage all of them there is no other way you can do it manually with the same level of uh, agility we wanted to achieve and the uh, the whole love and and the power of automation is if you do it end to end for right. us i'll walk you through one of the deployment scenarios what we do with our, our virtual ran uh, it, it's as simple so when i was talking to uh, my cto for the first time and we were discussing and brainstorming about this virtual ran i went to him and said the typical son will not work here it is not a plug and play because we have virtual machines and he said mm-hmm. how do you deploy virtual machines we, we, he, he said i want it as simple as wifi i don't care if it is a virtual machine or a cloud i want it to be as simple as wifi because i cannot change every human uh, mm-hmm. uh, on day 0 because they are they are bound to typical uh, ran deployment of our edge mm-hmm. uh, baseband and and other things for them it is one box and on the top of it it's a software with uh, 2000 radio parameters and they can upload the parameters with with son or plug and play so what we did we, we thought about this and and said how can we make one framework which can just make it sure that all the nodes uh, following mm-hmm. will come automatically on that and and the picture which we draw on the board for the first time was a, f- a physical uh, engineer or a construction engineer goes to the site he attaches the fiber cable to the equipment at site and the la- site should come up uh, instantaneously and when we started monitoring all of this i said okay let's go from site to the edge data center now the edge data center has the servers the server needs to be discovered the components needs to be discovered 
the server needs to be on latest hardware, firmware, software, uh, NIC drivers. And on mm -hmm. the top of it, we need to deploy the cloud, merge them into aggregates um, and, and whatnot on the, on the cloud. We have to even deploy the virtual machines with different flavors, different RAM, CPUs, and, and combination of resources, even virtual NICs. And then we have to deploy uh, um, the mm -hmm. applications on, on top of it, right? So mm -hmm. this, this was a journey. And uh, I'll, I'll proudly say, uh, I, I don't share this very often, but for the first site, it took us six days to get uh, radio site up and running. And it right. was 6.30 a.m. in the morning, and I saw Rakuten on the device, and it was freezing cold outside in Tokyo. <laughs> Uh, it was it was fourth February, I think, uh, if I'm yeah. if I'm uh, remembering the date right. So, yeah. and and, and I, I texted uh, Tariq and said, uh, we we have Rakuten live, and he said, mm. you don't know what you've done today. The industry will change from today. This is virtual RAN, and and today when we have those sites, it comes exactly in eight and a half minutes, uh, mm. with the same uh, we, brainstorming session we did that the construction engineer goes just. Just attach the fiber cable, and everything in the uh, background works at jump. Uh, mm. Even after application is deployed, uh, we we kind of push the day one, and the day ones mm. are all templates. That if a site is coming in Tokyo, it will have different parameters. If a site is coming in Osaka, it has different parameters. If it is coming in rural area, dense urban area, all all these things are mm. templatized. A human doesn't even have to think. Yeah. Uh, only only thing it has to do is is make sure the physical equipment is at right place. Right. Uh, second so, for yeah yeah so, so yeah uh, so so if I interrupt you there um, so th this is this is huge right so the rollout network rollover automation is 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 the most labor intensive activity that the operators have to do as part of the five you know well now we are talking about the five G but every generation it's about how do you get get more efficient at rolling out these uh, these sites, isn't it? So, and this is going to be a, a big issue, you know, we're talking about Rakuten in Japan and you talk about bigger operators in in, in, in larger countries, it's, you know, it, it's a magnitude of, you know, order of magnitude, even more challenging, you know, the scale of the problem, right? So, so you're obviously in the midst of rolling out the network and, um, and there are multiple elements to this highly labor-intensive activity, and, and and you've highlighted uh, a few of them just now, right? Um, so the price of automating is, of course, you know, the time to market, and and as you said, it's it's right first time, right? So getting the configurations right as soon as you plug in the the equipment. Um, so it isn't just the addition, uh, it isn't just the cost angle, but it's actually getting the the accurate conf configurations. It, it's it's getting getting your sites up and running as soon as possible, right? So uh, as you were you know explaining that, I you know I, I was getting more curious. So could you take me through the mechanics of the rollout automation? So basically double clicking on on the stuff that you were just explaining. How, how did you actually build it out in the sure. lead up? To, to what you just said, so the, the pl mm. plug and play, the Wi-Fi mm. type experience. What? How did you actually do it to, to minimize the delays? Sure. So, and then how? I mean, you you rightly pointed out that the the efficiencies uh, of the build out are actually again it, it brings out the efficiencies, but it also saves the cost and and the number of uh, human resources required, right? So I, I I keep it hand in hand, although mm. I, I I'm more driven by technology, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> So, so how how we we do and and this is not for radio, but it actually is for everything which we have in the network, mm. uh, every application. Now we have two hundred such two hundred plus such virtual network functions running in four different data centers and uh, all in active active mode. Mm. So how we do it is is define a simple call flow, and 
and define these call flows and interactions and interaction between the systems. Now, uh, the, the first uh, topic which we discuss is what if we replace one system by another system? For example, if I'm using uh, vendor X for, for the orchestration, what if I remove this and make it by a vendor Y? Would this work? And how would this work? And if I replace the application from radio to core, would it work or not? So that's how we would define the, uh, the call flows and system interactions. Then we go into details of APIs and, and connectivities to make sure that these, these systems are uh, compatible, they have interop, they, they, they are having a handshake and, and the system of records. Then we do kind of figure out the uh, building blocks, which we call as templates or configuration templates. So for example, if, if I want to run an application called radio, the radio requires 2,000, 3,000 such parameters starting from the antenna till to transmit power to IP addresses, right? So if I if I have two thousand parameters, how many parameters are static uh, for everything, or what are dynamic parameters? Now right. these dynamic have certain rules right. or configurations, or these are these are just uh, filling in the values. Now if they are dynamic, which system is feeding this information? There is an IP management system, there is a naming management system, there is a configuration management mm. system. So this is how we generate these com uh, complex mm. templates and, and write all these business rules. And these are written by business analyst on the platform, not the development team. So I, I don't have to include development team every day or day right. out of the operations. So this is this is how we, we define that. Similarly, when we are we're talking about definition of services, for example, if I say a virtual RAN is a service, it has two network uh, functions under the, the network service, which is called VCU, VDU. In case of uh, our 4G, it's virtual machines. For, for our uh, 5G, it is uh, container network functions with multiple containers underneath or pods underneath. So for each of them, uh, they also have a configuration. Like I was saying right. that the virtual machine has CPU, RAM, it mm. has resources, it has size, it has flavor, it has healing component, it has scaling out, scaling in components. May, and then how does it heal? What are the threshold when it, it will say, I'm, I'm lost, I, I need mm. to be recovered, I need to be restarted. How does it interact with the virtual network function manager? Uh, what are what are the step size of healing and scaling and, and scale in, scale out both? So all these also become templates for me. And mind you, mm -hmm. for, for definition of RAN or any virtual network function, we had such seven big Excel sheets. And we did it for all the application in the network, whether it be RAN core, because that's how you can build a generic framework which will support mm -hmm. all the applications. And I'm sure we'll discuss RCP later on. And this is, this is very important to understand for that as well. Yeah. So when yeah. we when we define these complex templates and everything, we were able to even reach out to the point to understand why people are scared of cloud because they right. don't go into such level of details. And it's it's not about the people from telecom or or non telecom, but but you just need to go into details of these. Mm. And and we just wanted to explore why these Excel templates are important, why we cannot generate them. Mm. Similarly, when we were going and uh, uh, let's say configuring our uh, edge data centers. Uh, on day zero, we were able to do one edge data center in 24 hours. Uh, last week itself, we achieved uh, one day 30 plus data centers auto commissioned, wow. and and nobody actually touched them. For data right. center also, what we have done is we we worked upon let's say there is a facility manager application. You define data center, so data center is edge uh, or mm. original or or the central, and what is their size? Excel, uh, small, big, large, mm. and and what are the rack templates? So we, we define all those things as templates. Even the cable metrics is auto-generated. So once you have this level of detailing done, you, you design your data center, output is just a JSON file or, or right. a payload. 
which goes into system. Uh, when you do the acceptance test, we just make sure that the physically ports are actually connected with the with the template. Once we had discovered them, each of them is allocated an IP address. Uh, the servers are booted up. They are then pushed with the cloud configurations. Uh, some become master, some become worker, some become management nodes, some become con uh, worker nodes, and they are ready to consume the virtual machines and applications. So if this is the double click you wanted to understand, I can, I can even go into details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that, no, no. That's 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 pretty good. So, so the extent of automation is 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 mind-boggling, right? So, so you, the the level of um, details you've 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 sort of thought through um, and the activities that have traditionally been physically uh, manually done um, actually encode it. If, if I use that word, encode it into like you said templates scripts um you know automation scripts and so on it, it, it's it, it seems to me that you've you've obviously um changed um changed the whole game of how you actually you know you you've explained how do you deploy data center just now it's not how it was done before so you, you you're changing the rules of the game so it it, it in terms of the scale of automation then it, it the question that comes to mind is how much are you really automating at the moment, right? So if I, if if I could sort of, you know, contextualize that question. So if I could ask you to do an assessment of your automation maturity um, against an established um, telco, right? So who has a massive burden of legacy, um, you know, incumbents in in many countries, for example, or even Reliance Geo, which which is not that old. Um, but but they're now now making the transition to next generation 5G, but they they'll have similar issues, right? But let me say at the outset that it's not a fair comparison, right? So as as Rakuten, you are greenfield operators, you have the benefit of being a greenfield operator. But then I wanted to explore this this whole scale of automation. You know, how much can you do if you want to, sort of a thing, right? So to provide a sense for what other operators could aspire to. Um, right, and of course, the path to get there will be absolutely different to to what you have done, right? So each operator have to figure out, um, you know, what the path is uh, going to be for themselves. But if I could sort of frame it that way, and and if I ask you to, you know, to respond, how much are you really automating? Fifty percent, seventy percent, ninety percent? What is the, you know? Um, um, further avenues for automation, and, and if you could sort of, you know, based on your own experience for working for, you know, for, for Geo, if you could make a comparison of how much you're operating, uh, automating, and and what could be done uh, by other operators, that makes sense. So the KPI for us is uh, not how much we automate. Uh, I think the KPI which we keep discussing internally to the team is what is left out, what more <laughs> okay. we can do. And, right. and where we can help the teams, because uh, as, as you said, right? For for us, mm -hmm. there was no other way. Uh, mm -hmm. For me, uh, being being part of the framework and automation team, we we treat our internal planning and engineering team also as our customers. And, and you were mentioning initially, the customer experience matters the right. most. So for yeah. us, we consider them all, and then we sign SLAs with them. To be very honest, to say we mm. will provide you this level of automation mm. and this level of experience. Uh, and then for for us, I think what's what's different uh, in, in the network evolution and uh, the automation structure for us than other operators, actually is not the not the uh, phenomena of being the greenfield versus uh, brownfield or or the technology difference. Uh, I think the difference is between the teams and the DNA and and how you evaluate the problem. 
uh, if if you are thinking that this problem is only coming once, probably probably not not the right way of solving that problem there itself. You can you can just park it. But when you know this problem is coming fifty thousand times as virtual RAN, this will come as four data four times in four data centers, and it will come every day into my network operations. You you need to do that. Uh, and and for for uh, automation is is something which keeps on enhancing and improving. We if we also improve our platforms. Uh, and in fact, uh, recently we launched one more uh, internal platform which we called as Digital or or Rakuten Mobs. Uh, which even uh, even today we have uh, 20 fresh grads joining us from different part of the world and different uh, universities. They are writing the mobs of digital operations and and making sure that wh whatever other operators require in service experience centers or knock, we don't need them. So for us, uh, for them, uh, they are creating uh, mobs. Something like when when the outage happens, make sure the service restoration happens. Just isolate this virtual machine. Don't care if distance sense is down. Go go to the next hop because we have four data centers. Yes. Uh, so this kind of things evolution mm. will never stop. And and mm. uh, and it's not that we need, never failed. We failed and we failed very bad. We have mm. failed to a point that some things which were working like charm, uh, mm. because of some enhancement, it went to a certain mm. uh, level which which was not even acceptable. Even for healing, uh, I mean, and, and and this is this is very strange, and I think this this should be uh, known by everyone that cloud has certain uh, benefits which we all talk about healing, scaling, and other things. Yes. For telco application, it's not it's not very simple because you have different layers of integrations. You have the mm. whole manual stack. You have uh, virtual machines, applications, virtual function managers. Then you have application managers called EMS. Then you have, mm. have OSS and orchestration and other things, right? So every decision is coordinated between these entities, and you you have right. multiple layers. But in in web scaler, it's all about cloud. So there's no orchestrator. There's no the mm. orchestration is built in. The application mm. goes down, move to the next hop. Uh, mm. Telecom applications are really complex as well, and they are taking a journey of cloud evolution. So all these factors combining uh, would would not be a, 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 a apple to apple comparison. But I think the difference is not that Rakuten was able to do it, or Rakuten only can do it. Yes, we were able to do it, and there was no other way for us uh, to making sure that a network is launched in one and a half year or, or something like that. Mm -hmm. But it, it's all about DNA and how teams are structured and what are your KPIs internally to the organization. Uh, from from where I see, we have improved from last one year. We will improve the next year, and and we will keep on improving on the automation and and what kind of orchestration we bring in. So if I could. Ask you. You made a very good point. It's it's not about how much you've automated. It's about how much is yet to be automated, right? So, if I could ask you, you know, put you in in the spot, if I may, and say, how much is left to be automated? Is it twenty percent, thirty percent? And of course, I mean, it could be a moving target, right? Because as you introduce more stuff, that could you know, it could you know, fair point, right? It could be a moving um, you know um, goal. Um, moving target, but but as of today, as you said, from last year, in the last 12 months, you have improved immensely. What would you say has been that improvement, um, if you could put a finger to one or two things? So I, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not very savvy of the terminology which industry uses with level four automation. Ah, right, okay. Others, but mm -hmm. but we, 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 I think we, we are at 70, 70% uh, plus. Why I say thirty percent? Because uh, and then it can it can obviously drop as well. But there are some operation nuances which will come, which we are facing, which we have to work upon. 
And as you say, this is the first time any operator is deploying a cloud native end-to-end network. There are no playbooks or cheat books, right? Nobody has done it. Nobody even know what is there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, when your network is three years old or four years old, what happens when your uh, servers are actually five years old into the network? Means with the load of cloud and application, you you not even know when your application software are are uh, I mean progressing because now uh, mm-hmm. every application is moving to microservices, and we'll right. obviously move uh, to containers with Rakuten communication platform. So uh, uh, what, what I want to say is 70%. I think it's it's also a moving number. Yes. But why I not say 100%? Because I'm very sure there are things which we'll explore. And whenever we explore, we'll obviously automate. Uh, and we have also started a very good initiative into our operational system, especially with RCP, uh, yeah. that uh, the operation will not be like traditional L1, L2, L3, L4. It will yeah. be all SRE layer as layer one. There'll be layer two of specialized uh, uh, task force who has, uh, let's say, uh, ownership or learning about DB as a service of orchestrator of cloud. And level three would be all product units. Uh, the mm-hmm. product units are, are internal because we're building this platform all in-house and, and with our code dev partners. So, and and mm-hmm. all the information or all the uh, feature request call, comes from the planning engineering team directly. So. Mm-hmm. That, that's my evaluation as of today. It might change tomorrow when we talk again. <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely. But but no, I, I really appreciate that uh, because it, it's not an easy question um, to to answer. And and and, and as we, as we agree, it's it's a moving moving target. So so you mentioned RCP, and and you know you know we were going to get to the RCP at some point, and uh, you know it's a nice segue. You mentioned RCP just now. So I just wanted to sort of explore where where are you with rcp at the moment uh you know we've, we've obviously had a lot of um you know press releases and um, you know um, discussions and you you know rakuten has been very generous in providing um, insights into um, what's going on with rcp and so on could you sort of <clears throat> uh, touch a little bit on what's the latest as of today um, on on RCP, the <clears throat> the level of maturity of the platform, and 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 specifically, you know, again, you, you you know, sort of getting into the nuts and bolts of the RCP, right? So if you could just provide a high level overview of how you've been able to build this RCP in, into this, you know, into this. Um, Thing that that can uh, sort of form the basis for for the ne- next generation digital telco. Okay, the short answer is RCP is live, and we are using in Rakuten Mobile uh, both for IT applications and telco applications. Our 5G VRAN uh, with containers and microservices running on the top of it. We have 20 25 applications as as a whole. Uh, even some of the AI platforms uh, running on the top of RCP. The long answer is hidden in the answers which uh, I, I gave previously. That uh, I mean, RCP for for uh, I mean for us is is not a single layer. Mm. It's it's a combination of our learnings, mm. our our experiences, good and bad, our failures and success, and some of the key decisions which we had to take. And I thought uh, I mean mm. we, we all thought that we should take. For example, RCP is uh, layer zero or layer uh, lowest is the infrastructure, uh, the the platforms of the infrastructure we, we are building. So uh, unlike any telecom operator, we have only two type of or server types on which we run in the mm-hmm. entire network. Mm-hmm. And and think about the supply chain easiness it, it yes. brings you, the the inventory management and okay. and uh, the spare we can get on the top of it, right? And it it was not an easy journey to 
to tell all the application providers to say, okay, you get only this choice. Right. And and then on the top of it, we, we took a conscious call that we want to go with, with Kubernetes or a lighter version, uh, not the not the guest OS heaviness of virtual mm-hmm. machines. And uh, I mean, from our learning pack, we, we understood that there are some areas where we can achieve much more optimization if we own the code or we do the code development and there'll, there'll not be any black boxes. Right. So we, we started developing or developing this layer uh, with one of our partners. Uh, then on the top of it was a choice that you want to build an orchestration engine or you want to uh, buy this on, on your own. And when mm-hmm. we were scrolling across the market, we we, we saw that we were the one who were uh, going ahead with virtual RANs and, and RAN as, right. as cloud uh, native applications. Mm-hmm. And we wanted a scalable engine. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes the orchestration works like charm for uh, uh, core applications because the instances mm-hmm. are very less. But when you have thousands and thousands of virtual RAN and you want to upgrade all of them together or do right. some kind of action, right? So the the, the scalable model uh, orchestration doesn't didn't exist. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we took a chance and we we I, I had a uh, team called uh, 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 we, we call that Symphony because mm-hmm. we think uh, like like an orchestrator uh, orchestration group. Right. It, 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 we need the same have the symphony. So we will build it uh, uh, again in house. And we built it uh, with, with certain uh, learnings where we can achieve the scalability and richness. Uh, and and I, I take uh, a proud on, on this as well because it's it's been built by uh, 25 uh, engineers who joined us in two, 2019. I personally hired them all across the world. Some of them came from India as well. Right, right. And and they're, they're replacing something or they're building something which, which is huge. So, uh, Again, uh, and then we took a conscious call on another environmental uh, thing, which we f- uh, saw was legacy. All the application come with their own EMSs, and right. EMSs are the management system which controls their performance management, fault management, configuration management, and they are not they are not scalable. And for RAN, they they require uh, when you require thousands and thousands of RAN elements, you require so many EMS systems as well, and and. They, they kind of hide the transparency from you because mm-hmm. those are the first system will record the events, logs, and, right. and, and right? And and think about you have 200 applications, 200 different type of EMS system, 200 different skills. You need mm-hmm. people to monitor them. Mm-hmm. We took a call that we're not going to have EMS into a Rakuten 5G network. We'll mm-hmm. build our own open source uh, cloud native observability framework. And that is how we are, uh, we are taking mm-hmm. all the inputs like logs, uh, FM, PM, all into this. And we move the configuration management directly to OSS, so there is no middleman now in in uh, in RCP layer. Then on the top of it, we have one orchestration, one BSS uh, uh, system. Uh, o- OSS uh, becomes for us a host of application suits, and it's built on uh, a data lake platform, which has CM, which has inventory management. And inventory management is the cloud native uh, and, and cloud network. It has workflow engine for automation. It has security module for IDM, IM control. It has a password control manager. Uh, it has change request manager. And, and all these sort of uh, 40 operational application from disaster recovery to uh, business continuity, all part of the same operational subsystem. And similarly, we have the PSS stack. On the top of it, uh, the, the uh, PR event shows you the marketplace where you can go and design right. your uh, your network onto the top. So this is this is all different layers. And this is uh, what I told you is just level one of RCP. And mm-hmm. and we are live with each of these applications. Yeah, we, we are taking continuous journey because mm-hmm. uh, as like other applications, 
some of these applications were were uh, built on virtual machines or, yes. or on on different architectures. Now we are uh, slicing, dicing each. So for like orchestration, we're building day zero cloud native for observability framework, day zero cloud native for mm -hmm. our uh, other systems like OSS. We are halfway through the journey of transferring that to the cloud native uh, containerized microservices environments, uh, and and uh, other things are are work in progress, and and mm -hmm. we we feel very positive that uh, and then it's it's very important. I, I think WebScaler does this all the time. That yeah. when you're building frameworks, when you're building solutions, you test it and do it uh, on your own uh, yeah. courtyard or, or your network because you're going to know good and bad about it. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's how we believe. And that's why RCP's first customer is Rakuten Mobile Japan. Yeah, no, it, it's the you know, right prove it um, that that it works, and and especially it's it's important for 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 what you're doing is because you're not only building it for yourself, you're also you're also you know making it commercial, isn't it? You wanna you wanna sell this platform on to other operators, uh, so you're seeing that as a as a, as a as a as a market opportunity. Um, now, if I wanna, uh, if I could just you know, you know, there's so many things that you said that, that, that raises a lot of interesting um, themes and, and questions, right? So I, I want to just explore a little bit on the standards and, and interoperability, right? So a big topic at the moment is, <clears throat> um, is operators want vendor choice, right? So they want vendor choice across the stack. Um, be it in the network layer or the or the like you were saying, the operations layer. Of course, you've you've built a lot of it yourself, but but you also brought on board a lot of vendors as well. You know, be it the network functions and and um, you know in the RAN or core. So you have had to bring multiple vendors onto your platform, right? So we are now, you know, in the industry on on a hyperdrive, debating about how standards and and interoperability are going to be critical to to sort of achieve this, you know, the goal of having, you know, better vendor choice uh, for an operator, right? So what operators are doing uh, is, and I'm sure Rakuten is doing as well, is, is pressing for open solutions, right? So open solutions that industry standard APIs, you know, be it Etsy or TMF or, or ONF and, and so on, many, many other uh, industry bodies. So, how are you addressing this challenge within uh, Rakuten, right? So, both from the pers you know, perspective of onboarding your own vendors um, um, onto, you know, uh, RCP um, and 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 you know, making RCP standards compliant for your own benefit, um, but also, um, you know, from the pers from the context of, you know, as you look to sell the platform commercially, um, you know, being standards compliant and interoperable. And easily, you know, being able to integrate with with new vendor components is going to be critical, right? So both, from, you know, from from your perspective for for operating your own network, as well as you know when you offer this platform externally. So 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 the last thing your customers would want is to lock into the RCP, right? Which is which is precisely the problem you're trying to solve. So, which sort of defeats the whole purpose. So so keeping RCP open and interoperable. Um, in all of the modules within the RCP, is is absolutely essential, isn't it? And 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 I just want to explore how you how are you achieving this. Very very nice question, Anil. And and trust me, we we have gone through this. And I was mentioning to you, right? The yeah. first thing we do on the whiteboard is make sure that we have call flows and system of records. And those system of records, we call them RCP functions, should be replaceable. Uh, mm -hmm. The and 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 we we have this uh, very good. Uh, Theme in in our uh, 
in our network and i think it comes from the uh, japanese culture and inheritance mm-hmm. we have uh the the first thing we don't do is call them vendors we we call them partners and right. and, uh, and and we sit on the same floor by the way i mean not not in this covid situation but when yeah. we were doing this phase out of of huge build out uh, all 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 of them used to see uh, sit next to next to us right and when you have this partnership model right the the partners tend to open up a bit more with you and right. and uh, initially uh, i think what what's what's happening with the industry and and it, it's it's a necessary thing for partners as well that when um, they're designing the solution they have to test it out end to end so they have to design their cloud or take a, a vanilla cloud they have to deploy their application they need to have some kind of lcm or orchestrator or lifecycle manager and then what they do end up is is make them products and they feel little little comfortable with the product line they have the moment you slice and dice and say i'll have this from vendor x uh, cloud from vendor y orchestrator from vendor uh, z or, or something things start to crumble down and then it, the same used to happen with us that's why we took a conscious call that we we need to go into details and make this as frameworks and templates and i was explaining you earlier yes, that yes, for you each did. of the yeah. application we went into that details to for for i mean surely see into the details that why it is becoming complex for partner a to run on cloud of partner b mm. what are the things they have they have statically defined and right. and the answer are so hilarious and so simple uh it's it just that this was the way they were they were developed or this was the way it was tested in the lab or or integrated right and 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 once you go into details figure out the for even they support you and they say okay now we also understand because you pushed us to the level of information gathering and and there was a time and i think uh, i'm i'm the most friendly person around on on the floor because i i go into these discussions with everyone and uh, and once you have these kind of discussions which are not politically driven or, yeah. or have any other motive than technical it becomes very open coming back to standards now uh, i personally like standards and and i like the guidelines they define because they kind of give you a direction where you should be heading and if you re- uh, see 3gpv standards or releases they don't tell you that specifically this is how you implement they say right. this message should have this information because it's going to solve this info, uh, this uh, use case for you and i, I like that uh, to the approach but uh, the the interfaces and connectivity uh, like you just mentioned that industry is pressing so hard on mm-hmm. on openness right mm-hmm. uh, tm forum itself defined the open apis and standards i i think this is this is necessary and this is this is by default right i mean mm-hmm. i don't think we should be stopping this it is it is not uh, uh, making life difficult uh, for anyone and as as we were discussing before this that uh, we we see we have to see uh, and, and and there are many initiatives like open ran there are there are different sections like doing tip and and all of them have very good uh, motives and very good initiatives but the, till the time you don't find this uh, cohesiveness and and um, kind of benefit for uh, the partner or vendor ecosystem mm-hmm. and also service provider that that thing or that solution doesn't doesn't kick mm-hmm. off right because mm-hmm. because it will go into the discussions of discussions and discussions <laughs> uh, what will happen is uh, the solution would never be agreed so i think on open interfaces it should it should always be open because that kind of gives you more flexibility as a yes. service provider the the partner should embrace this because now they they are not forced to uh, do the custom development per operator because yes. any which was uh, operator will not buy everything from one partner right so mm-hmm. they have to do it custom maybe they are charging for it i'm, I'm not very sure uh, mm-hmm. but but uh, they should be open about it in in rcp we we made sure even the in house developments we are doing for observability framework 
or we are doing for uh, orchestration and SDN controllers and other things. We made sure that all the northbound, southbound interfaces and the message queues and, and the payloads are all standard. And if we replace our OSS with some other OSS or we replace our orchestrator with any other orchestrator, uh, the, the layer should work and they should work perfectly. Yeah, uh, coming back to some kind of optimizations, there are certain uh, uh, custom solution or, or let's say proprietary solution which kind of brings you certain efficiencies uh, right. when you're doing automation and other things. We, we don't shy away from them because sometimes you have to take a call that you want to go for standard approach or you want to bring in the efficiency you want to. Uh, so for one example, I'll tell you there was there was uh, it was it was a typhoon night in, in Japan uh, and, and we had one uh, major release coming in um, uh, through our CICD channel. So we, we have, uh, I mean, very, very fast release cycles with, with our application. So so we had one release cycle and we wanted to push it to entire network. And uh, we, we were not able to achieve the level of scalability with with the uh, with our current orchestration system. So we built one small application, like I was telling you, we built a digital mob, and we said we're gonna hit all the virtual machines and do it ourselves because it was necessary at that time. We, we needed to upgrade it, uh, and then as I said, I mean, you you figure out multiple uh, enhancements you want to push in, and that's where we thought, okay, we, we're gonna create a small application ourselves which will have uh, continual sessions and integrate with virtual virtual machines and do all the RPM upgrades simultaneously. And we were able to, I think, do 5,000 nodes or, or, or so mm. within 30 minutes in the network, uh, I mean, all, all together. Mm. And, and I, I think these kind of innovations and these kind of uh, yes. important activities should be use case driven. But, but personally, I'm, I'm more aligned to standards. But, but every, everyone needs to think about uh, uh, what I say day two, because yeah. uh, what we think about automation and, and integrations interrupts. Everyone talks about how things are built out and day one. But yeah. but the more 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 efficiency is needed on day two. So that mm. that's my personal opinion. Yeah, yeah. You you, you mentioned um, CICD um, um, a couple of times, and um, and and we've obviously obviously been talking about the the whole open ecosystem and partners and collaboration and, and all the good stuff, right? So so one one big challenge that 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 we're seeing in the industry and and you know I'd, I'd love your views on this how you've solved this problem is when it comes to truly um implementing devops cicd pipelines right so like the example that you just mentioned um but you know devops cicd pipelines in an environment where uh, multiple partner solutions um exist uh, right so um so how do you um, homogenize the, the DevOps and CI/CD pipelines of your partners with your own, you know, Rakuten's own pipelines, right? So, for example, um, are you mandating the the tool chains that that your partners must use, or are you using some sort of, um, you know, uh, sort of a staging process or, or or a DMZ type of concept where with the code drops drop in from your partners and then you know Rakuten picks it up and then rolls with with your own, you know pipelines and so how, how have you solved this so 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 the challenge is how are you integrating your partners um, devops cicd pipelines with your own devops cicd pipelines uh, <laughs> very very nice question so uh, this 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 has been challenged right i mean and yeah. this was one area where we learned a lot mm -hmm. uh, so for us uh, what we started doing uh, as as this partnering initiative was the the development or the binaries or or the uh, 
the builds which are coming from partners should be directly integrated into our RT factories. So right. uh, if, if we go into our portal system, which is our lab management system and now part of our CPA app, app store, that first thing you do is uh, uh, you get an invite, you get onto the system, you define who you are, from which partner you have, and then block an artifactory instance. Uh, what it does in the background is create an auto folder for you, auto space for you, and, and then you can just uh, link your uh, lab or your build mm -hmm. artifact into our artifacts. And, and the artifact migration can happen automatically or periodically. It can be a push or pull. Uh, on, on top of it, we have defined the pipelines. Uh, when we do the security scans, we do the test management. You can actually block the infrastructure uh, based on a calendar with us in, in our lab. And, and then you can obviously move from one instance of uh, pre uh, staging to pre-production mm -hmm. and production. Uh, but but one, one more thing which we, which we have to do and recently learned that we don't have any, uh, I mean, we, we also have now the uh, non-telecom applications, like I was right. mentioning the IT applications. Yes. We're also moving some of the ecosystem applications. So for them, this is, this is not a configuration uh, uh, change. Or mm. th for them, this is a one go built, all go with the Ansible, Terraform, or, or some kind of scripts, right? So mm. it's a continuous evolution. As I said, I mean, we, we, we are integrated with, with the uh, CSCD pipelines. We also uh, are supporting now, bring your own pipeline kind of thing. So mm. if you have a work point at Jenkins, you have, uh, other uh, ways of deployment of your application, uh, the platform kind of supports and adapts to that. Um, we we are also working on on the interfaces and and things where we can give them the the DevOps kind of uh, criteria and admin requests because sometimes when you want to do an uh, urgent release or or the emergency releases, uh, we would not go. I mean, like to go through that change request process and all all those procedures, especially for for non-telecom application, they are so used to uh, the public cloud these days mm. and, and the terms of flexibility it brings on. Sometimes it's very hard to keep uh, competing with them, but but it's a, it's a great learning experience. But as you said, uh, mm. if, if this is not done right, yeah. the, the release cycle kind of slows down. You'll not yeah. be able to achieve the same level of agility, especially with the cloud native application, especially when you're doing it for the first time. And you you have certain systems which you are doing homegrown uh, or, or you're doing a closed loop partnership uh, development with with the partners, so mm. it was it was again a, a no brainer, and and there was no other choice for us to do it. Mm. Mm -hmm. The the other uh, theme you sort of uh, mentioned in passing is um, is the whole area of open source, right? Um, and I was meaning to talk to you about uh, ask you about open source. Um, so so there is this open source wave uh, in the industry at the moment, right? So that everyone wants to ride on this uh, open source wave, but but uh, but but the operators uh, and the whole ecosystem is also learning to surf at the same time. Uh, you know, we want to ride the wave, but we're also learning to surf. So uh, so I want you to you know sort of. You know, comment on your position on open source and and the and 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 maybe double click on the extent of open source use within Rakuten. Um, I know that RCP it, it is your platform, right? So you built it, you own it. Um, but 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 you know, you've have you used open source like I mean, talk about the CI/CD stuff, right? So there's a lot of tool chains available. Um, you know, in the open source community, uh, maybe a lot of use of those going on. Um, so, so there is that aspect, but then also, if you could comment on um, this this broader open source initiatives like ONAP and you know OSM and and, and the likes, um, 
you know, in terms of uh, where the market is, one would have thought that they, at some level, right? So if you look at orchestration, for example, it, it would be uh, a competing solution to the to, to 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 the orchestration module within the RCP, right? So, um, so yeah. So if you could comment on what are you using, what sort of open source uh, adoption you have within RCP and, and Rakuten at large, and 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 then in general about the the open source frameworks that are available in the market. We love open source, uh, yeah. especially coming with the background of a, yeah. of a large development team. I think there's a lot of value which which open source kind of brings to you. Uh, it, it gives you a level of agility, head start. Uh, yeah. We use a lot of open source components, as I mentioned, the the mm. observability framework which I'm uh, using has a lot of open source uh, open source agent, open mm. source monitoring tool chain. Uh, on the orchestration side, yes, we are using a lot of them. On our OSS suite, we are using a lot of them. Uh, and in fact, on the CI/CD chain, as you as you mentioned, uh, a lot of them. In, even our workflow engine, which we are building on um, uh, on 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 premises, is running on the open source version of Kamunda. We have Prometheus, Grafana on on, on uh, Yager on mm -hmm. on our uh, observability framework with a lot of agents like Filebeats and and uh, all all the stuff. Uh, even mm -hmm. even working as the agent to to monitor bare metal cloud or or the applications, a right. uh, lot of uh, lot of streaming engines. For example, we are using open source uh, like NiFi or, or even the uh, message bus queues uh, like Kafka and and Smart Engine. So, mm. the, I mean, I, I think yeah. when you when you are working very closely with the development team, there's a lot yeah. of value with the open source kind of brings in. Uh, mm. Now, I think uh, as as general, the telecom industry is actually opening up very nicely to it. I, I see a lot of partners also opening up, and even mm. with their own uh, EMS system. They are kind of using these open libraries yes. like uh, Yandex and, and and other things, right? Uh, I mean, there, there's yeah. one one group of core team who says that open source can they bring the same level of carrier grade, uh, yeah. effectiveness and availabilities and and other things. And then there are there are people who who uh, I mean, from development team point of view, I think they're, they're very close to this open source. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, it's like it's like how they use Stackflow, right? I mean, you you can yeah. get a code library directly going there and searching for it. Yes. I, I think we are in a phase where we are, we all are uh, looking very positively to it. Uh, mm. um, we we had to use and we are using. Uh, we see a lot of value in that. Mm. Uh, we are also figuring out uh, a different kind of model uh, and and um, uh, success criteria into this because what happens with with open source? Uh, uh, there are there are so many toolkits and so many things available right now. You cannot yeah. just hire experts for everyone, and and you cannot even bring on every expertise in-house but what you can do is you you can leverage the communities uh but sometimes it becomes so critical that your production system is running on the top so we reach out to these uh, uh solution providers and say do you want to have a core dev kind of model do you want to have a, a, a kind of a, a smaller plug fest uh, between us mm. where we, we kind of offer you a playground you kind of offer us the expertise to mm. to help us build these applications much more faster which is, I think, a much closer to web scalers, and that yeah. is how how they kind of evolve, and that's why we think we we're not typically mm -hmm. telco. I, I think that's that's our stance, and and we we actually adhere and uh, use a lot of open source components into into the ecosystem. That's good. That's great. Um, I wanted to uh, touch a little bit on uh, something that we um, talked about a little bit earlier on in the discussion, which is. Uh, which is around the RAN. Um, you know, I, I know that it's 
it's very close to your heart, very close to, um, you know, very important to how Rakuten has, has built the, 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 the mobile business, the, the whole discussion around virtual RAN and, and, and the use of open RAN interfaces and so on. And then, uh, you know, naturally the discussion shifts to how do you automate this type of environment, right? So yes, I mean, Automation, as, as we said, is a native uh, to these type of virtual run and open run environments, right? Um, but but in terms of frameworks, we are seeing this emergence of um, of this concept of um, a run intelligence controller, right? So for for both the the, the near real time and and non real time use cases, right? So I'm, it's sort of made popular, you know, by the by the ORAN Alliance, uh, which I know that you guys are uh, you know uh, registered to in a part of as well. Um, so you have Altiostar and, and, and Nokia. Um, you know, list um, some examples. Both, you know, they're both at Rakuten and they are in Open RAN or RAN as well. So one would assume um, that there is a very close alignment um, already with uh, with what is going on uh, with uh, with the RAN intelligence controller and 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 you know SMO and you know service management operations and, and the whole framework that has been brought to brought to the industry um, from that effort. So. I, I was just wondering, um, you know, we, we talked a lot about, yes, you are automating the RAN, uh, but when we think about the, this, this newer frameworks that are coming in with respect to ORAN Alliance and, and, and SMO and RAN intelligence controller type um, concepts, um, how are you aligning with, with, with these things? Um, if you could comment on that. Um, I, I think, uh... What we are doing, yes, we are exploring Rick. Uh, we, mm. we are working on both uh, real-time, non-real-time. But mm. it's very interesting to see how they are uh, integrated into it, right? So right. when you say real-time Rick, mm. you cannot depend on certain traditional way of monitoring and then taking decisions, right? So yes. um, I, I'm, I'm mm. in a path where, where I still have to go into details where uh, how, how we are doing it. Uh, mm. I won't be able to share much uh, on, on that front as of now, but but uh, for us, again, um, the the whole perspective of building any solution framework is, uh, can we combine those into a bigger platform mm. uh, 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 in terms of, let's say, non-real-time brick, right? What it does, it makes configuration changes based on based on certain uh, analysis, uh, mm. observability, and and then you take the action. Mm. On on the uh, real-time brick as well, uh, where do you insert? What are the things you're monitoring on the call, call flow messages and other? And, but yes, we, we are exploring all those things. We are uh, in, in work in progress for baking some of the things. Some of them are already in our lab, uh, hitting some of the trials, and and we make sure that these are these are uh, these are defined by uh, the the standards or policies mm. which which everyone is talking about. Uh, mm. uh, along with Nokia, we, we do have NEC as well now. So yeah. uh, as I said, when when we are making solutions and frameworks, uh, it's it's not only for Rakuten, mm. uh, and it's thinking that um, we have one partner. Because mm -hmm. the the vision we go global is that can we use reuse this uh, uh, configuration? Can we reuse this framework? And mm -hmm. if we replace the VNF or CNF, uh, would this still work? Mm -hmm. And and that's the philosophy for overall anything which we are making uh, mm -hmm. in 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 the current scenario. Mm -hmm. Mm. Okay. Okay. That's very interesting. I'll, I'll look forward to hear more on that uh, at at some point in future. But I wanted to sort of look at. Um, you know, as as we were talking about RAN and um, and RAN intelligence controller, there's there's you know we're seeing 
we're just on the cusp. I mean, we, we've been talking about this this whole thing around AI ML, right? And um, and now we see as the RAN gets disaggregated and, and 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 becomes more and more software, suddenly we talk about oh, let's apply AI to RAN, right? So mm -hmm. let let's make it autonomous. You know, um, let's take people completely out. Uh, and, and 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 like you were saying, you, you've done a lot of this already with with the rollout, but but then the challenge is the day two operations, right? So. Um, so there seems to be a lot of AI washing going on in the industry at the moment, right? So yes, we have some real use cases, like the uh, you know the AI attendance and conversational AI, um, and 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 things like that, and and we are increasingly seeing the application of ML, for example, in the uh, for the operational use cases, be it in the NOC. Uh, or the SOC, or, or or even in the SON, uh, right? So optimization, uh, or or service quality and customer experience assurance use cases. But now we are sort of talking about extending MLAI for for self healing, uh, which is a great use case if you can try, you know, crack it. Uh, but then there's also MLAI for for near real time RAN automation, like I was saying in in, in the con context of RIC. Uh, which is another bleeding edge uh, theme in the industry at the moment. So I just wanted to see, you know, broadly from an AI ML perspective, um, what what are you guys doing? Where are you applying uh, with 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 uh, with the biggest impact, uh, biggest bang for buck, so to speak? And and then specifically hone in on what does it mean to the RAN specifically? Because now we are really talking about some complex. AI use cases and and I, I can I can imagine it's not going to be easy to apply AI ML to to, to the, you know the real time use cases in the RAN. I, I love that uh, term by the way uh, mm -hmm. the the AI ML washing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I I personally uh, first of all um, for us um, we we saw what first problem of AI ML. So uh, for me the first problem of AI ML is collecting the right data. Uh, and then filtering out the noise. Uh, the second part is making models or mining the data to have some meaningful information. And then probably the action phase where you can do it proactive or reactive. Uh, I mean, when we're talking about AML, obviously we're talking about proactive and making sure before the problem exists, it kind of yes. have the have the uh, the action ready, right? So uh, for us, uh, being being uh, uh, these multi-layer, multi-platform, uh, multi-applications kind of network. Uh, the data is uh, huge, uh, the data lake mm. we have. Uh, what we also did that we kind of uh, integrated all these applications into one OSA system, which I said, which is built on data lake. So 200 applications, 7,000 plus virtual machines uh, um, into four different data centers. All the data is coming to the same data lake. Even the BSS uh, data uh, or the uh, probes data or the uh, subscriber or a customer experience data coming from the applications or feedbacks, or even the web form uh, feedbacks, all come to the same same data. Mm -hmm. Even even the RCS calling and other logs which are coming to the same system. So you you have mm -hmm. all the data in the world to do anything right. you want to, right? Mm -hmm. And and even the logging from uh, the RAN uh, via OBF and and other uh, logging mechanisms are are coming to the same system. So you have the data. Now what mm -hmm. you need to do is. Uh, is have the meaningful information about the data and, and make models out of it. Yes. Uh, so what we do, uh, I think we, we have this wonderful view of our network in the sense how it is vertically defined. Uh, vertically, it's more about technology, right? OSS, orchestration, virtual mm -hmm. network, um, um, uh, and, and, and the cloud. 
horizontally it's about the the information which is flowing through uh, from the subscriber to the ran uh, to the transport to the core and to the internet routers and other things uh, all of them have probes and, and data association uh, with them uh, we we do have a lot of use cases uh, like we were discussing earlier we're doing a lot of uh, uh, conversational ai we're working mm. with a lot of partners uh, like nuance to to make customer experience rich we're also working a lot on customer care uh, side of uh, ai ml where we can we can just find the proactive uh, uh, feedback or proactive mm. uh, potential complaint a customer is calling through so we are working on a platform which we're building we call it as omnicare uh, when you call as a customer your whole uh, scenario or uh, details are laid out for example uh, the customer care uh, user can see what's your network experience where you have mm. been what is your top 3 5 10 locations what is your bill shock uh, uh, what what is your application experience what kind of applications or or data you are using you are a social media savvy or or, or what not right mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. you call we we know last few tickets you have raised last few drop calls you had location you have so the customer experience kind of solves it uh, much more uh, faster to say mm-hmm. we we know you are calling because you are your bill shock right. is is way beyond or mm-hmm. or we have seen you have 10 drop calls in last 3 days uh we we i i can see on the network layer or the gis layer which is also integrated into it that there is a plan site coming in two weeks right. and we are very sure that after two weeks your problem would be solved uh for that uh, or we are shipping you a rakuten kasa which is our indoor small cell wifi fm2 device uh which is already uh, shipped to your address would be there uh the moment you connect it will be activated which will solve your problem of indoor coverage so all, all these things mm. and on the network layer what we have done is um little little different so rakuten mm. itself has a big global data science uh uh team mm. uh, and they do uh, because of the ecosystem and mm. because of the e-commerce ecosystem this this is very interesting and uh, a lot of use cases have been deployed so what we have done is we have inserted a data science engineer uh, into or data scientist into every department uh, the right. transport core and and in fact uh, one automation and one data scientist into each department and that's where the use cases start coming into us i mean it's it's not about the typical use cases which which uh, which we show for marketing or telecom operations right they they say we want to predict something uh, for example i'll talk about this healing uh, so what we have done is recently we achieved a data model where uh, when we started healing it was taking like 35 minutes or something because you need to first uh, identify which healing right the server has gone bad or the virtual right. machine or or application or kpi and each of them are reporting to a different system so you need to just take the centralized decision to what to do mm-hmm. do a restart work do redeployment work or we have to spin off a new virtual machine work so all these things were taking a lot of time we reached out to a, a point where we can now actually do it in less than 5 minutes or something uh, on on the edge side uh, now we were also working on optimizing certain things so we have built a model where we see spikes uh, of mm-hmm. the cpu utilization vcpu utilizations or or the server uh, consumption based on traffic different patterns we are able to uh, figure out abnormalities seasonalities even predict them and and then we have built out a, a coefficient model where we are doing energy savings or we are trying to do okay this server seems unhealthy it will go down in next one day it's very important that we we kind of heal it forcefully heal it mm. right so mm. us the use cases which matters are the things which we are focusing upon because mm. as as you know we are we are also in the building phase and mm. we have a lot of data and and we want to keep it a use case driven and that's why the data engineers or data scientists which are implemented into each team brings out a lot of values so it's right. it's kind of a forum 
we come up and say, this is my requirement, this is the use case, and then we focus upon things which matters the most and bring a lot of value to the whole ecosystem and teams. Great. Um, um, I'm conscious of the time. Um, I just want to finish off with, with a couple of things. Um, if um, if you look at everything that you've achieved so far um, and looking backwards and, and, and sort of set out a plan for 2021. So what's what's in plan for 2021, Rahul, for, from an automation perspective? Um, what, what are your, you know, um, top priorities to to look at from an automation perspective in, in, in the next uh, year? If you could sort of shed, shed some light on that. What's keeping you awake? <laughs> I've not slept in years now. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the short answer for that, because you made me speak. Uh, yeah. So fill in that 30% if the goalpost yeah. is not moving. <laughs> yeah. And 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 what we are working is is bringing out these values and, and learnings further and, and keep moving into the same direction where we feel. Uh, and then what we are doing now and very proactively, uh, what we have understood that the richness and the effectiveness and benefits of cloud native network cannot come uh, only with the, the the components of framework we're talking about. Mm. The application suit also need to support that. Uh, mm. What we are working on is heavily deploying application into active, active modes. How mm. come we make their databases active, active? So there is no, no definition of standby. Why an application cannot be active, active? Why this, uh, this mm. session cannot be geofenced? Like, like in public cloud today, it doesn't matter if your application is deployed in Germany or uh, North mm. Virginia or, or anywhere, because they have the data centers, the applications are uh, microservices designed, mm. they are light, right? Mm. I mean, if you if you see virtual machine applications today in telecom, they have GB, GBs of uh, image sizes. Mm. How would you how would you real-time heal them if mm. you are working on active standby mode, even if you have to move and or instantiate an image of GBs? So we are working very closely with all our key partners mm. to, to solve these kind of uh, problems as well. Mm. Uh, what we do is... Uh, just to make them feel comfortable, we make some application in-house. For example, mm. we, we made one application called Omnicare or, or Observative right. Framework just to prove this principle that this can work. Now, right. now that's that's one of the key projects mm. we are working upon uh, uh, mm. along with uh, making uh, RCP uh, uh, service enabler or, uh, uh, I mean, platform enabler for for uh, outside or more than Rakuten. But but these are key points or key projects which which I I love uh, mm -hmm. doing and then these kind of things keeps keeps us all uh, awake and and these discussions are very sweet. Uh, mm -hmm. On a, on a personal note, I I feel I I want to make five more leaders for the industry uh, in in the future so that they can they can carry forward the same theme uh, of what we are doing in Rakuten and and focus upon taking these uh, standards into into much more uh, right vision. Uh, mm. I have I have stayed. Uh, I mean, because mm. of because of so much uh, going on in the network, I have stayed away from uh, some of the forums or or mm. standard bodies. Maybe mm. you will see us more active there as well. Oh, that's 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 great to know uh, because you know absolutely as as we've as we've discussed, there's there's a lot to learn for the industry from from your experiences and and your contributions. Are going to be absolutely invaluable for the ecosystem. So, so on that note, um, I just wanted to finish off by saying, um, um, while asking you to, you know, sort of, you know, precisely on that point, based on the lessons learned on this journey in these exciting few years, right? 
Um, what practical advice would you give to to your industry peers, um, both on both sides of the fence, right? So both in, within the operator community, um, you know, people, you know, in your shoes, in other operators trying to solve these problems, um, sort of the hurdles that they're facing. You know, what would you say to them? But on the other side of of the table. The, the partners who who are also invaluable, um, helping you along with this journey. What would you What would you say to them? I, I think what we need as Rakuten and as uh, I mean as as uh, well wishes for the industry is that we all need to come together. For example, mm-hmm. I, um, being very honest with 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 um, I mean everyone here is mm-hmm. if we have a partner and and let's talk about big four or or whomsoever. Mm-hmm. If you have 200 accounts working on and then there is Rakuten, obviously their roadmap and their the feature set, their application architecture would be more aligned to those 200, right? right. But we, we want to be very sure that uh, we do the right thing for the ecosystem and industry and that's where we are we are heading. Mm-hmm. And, and you see a lot of partners coming up, even even the big ones uh, coming mm-hmm. up and working with us. Uh, I think one, 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 of the, uh, one of the things we need, all need to do in the ecosystem is actually start taking actions. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we might fail. We might not be mm-hmm. achieve uh, the the standard five nines initially, or mm-hmm. we not be able to see our Excel sheets with all green KPIs, and there might be some yellows and reds. But I think uh, this is about time that if you're talking about transformation, digital transformation about network and and whatnot, this is the time. I think we are in a wonderful place where IT, web scale, and and telecom can actually converge. Uh, this will not only give you benefits of as as we were talking about efficiencies and other things, but mm-hmm. also the value uh, which you can pass on to the customers. Uh, as you also mentioned that for five G, this is this is must because your mm-hmm. applications, your services would be runtime. Uh, you you probably have to launch a product in real time or mm-hmm. near real time. So the frameworks needs to be right. I think mm-hmm. we we should we should also open up when we when we start about talking about these open interfaces, open standards. And talk about open frameworks, right? I mean, right. Uh, I, I personally feel, um, uh, although it's it's a little more heavier side, ONAP and OSM were wonderful initiatives. Mm. They they had the right concept. They wanted to make things, uh, I mean, open and people could uh, contribute. And I think the, the open source uh, forum also needs to come up uh, or more plug fest kind of things should also happen in telecom where we say, okay, I've built this platform, this utility, which can do, let's say, configuration change in the network runtime. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's let's evolve together. Maybe all four, five, ten operators come and say, "My experience was this kind of change is also required." So, can you build this also? So, mm-hmm. there, there there needs to be more uh, collaboration uh, rather mm-hmm. than only uh, I mean only coming up with press releases. But but I, I personally mm-hmm. feel this is where we need to come uh, and help the ecosystem because otherwise uh, the the cost of implementation, new technologies, and other things will will obviously load the operators. And will not be able to pass on the same benefits what network like Rakuten is able to pass on to the customers. Um, mm. The other things, I think, I'm very open in the sense that we should go into details, uh, practice more in-house, uh, and then think about frameworks rather than just believing the presentations and and material mm. which we see. Um, automation mm. is not about just integrating systems and APIs. Uh, it's it's more about frameworks which can be leveraged and which can be reused and and can be repetitive. Um, it, it needs to be use case driven. It needs to have value. Maybe internal SLA can be how much value this automation bring to us. Today, I can say that I can I can instantiate 200, 300, 500 VDANs in a day or, or 50 edge data centers in a day. That's value for me because that mm-hmm. is giving me 
fifty ratio one in a day mm. for a edge data center. So mm. these are these are all my personal views. Sure. Sure. No, very valuable. Um, so, um, did you have any further comments or, or 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 reflections in addition to what we've discussed so far, Rahul, or, or any you know thoughts for me? Any any questions you had for me uh, that you'd you'd like to talk about? No, I'm, I'm all good. And if you have any, um, I'm open. Yeah. Otherwise, we're very good. Okay. Rahul, thanks for all your honest insights and uh, and hopefully we'll speak soon. Thank you.